0: Everybody, Welcome to BO Boys for Monday, June 14th. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. Okay, so Pat, what wow. happened this weekend?
1: Wow, it was a disaster. I mean, this is, we've had a run of some very upbeat shows, some very positive news every week about movies doing relatively well hitting or beating expectation. We didn't have that this week in the Heights opened and it was a complete disaster and there's no other way to put it. And yeah. we won't put it a different way.
0: We, we can't. Yeah. There, there's been so much mounting evidence when this, when these numbers came out this weekend, mm-hmm. I was, I went through the the stages of, of, of BO ac- acceptance. Okay. I thought, uh, oh, well, the it's low because they're they they haven't gotten all theaters. Yes. Yes. You know, it's it's gonna pick up on Saturday. It's gonna pick up on Sunday. By Monday, yeah. we're gonna be surprised.
1: Yes. We so we started with denial. We denial. thought that the numbers, the early numbers, had to be wrong. This has to be a mistake. They put a decimal in the wrong place. Something like that.
0: And then, the well, at least it'll be number one. It'll be number one, and that's Mm -hmm. even if it's not going to be a big number, it'll be number one.
1: Right, right. So, so, so bargaining. You moved on to bargaining. It's not going to open above twenty or thirty million, but at least I'll get number one. So you you did some bo bargaining.
0: And then I felt duped. I felt duped from the hype of this movie. I felt angry that i fell for the buzz that i counted mm-hmm. tweets instead of ticks i was yep. self-flagellating and that was my yeah. next stage
1: yeah self-punishment of course getting into to hitting yourself scratching yourself yelling at yourself in the mirror that's the that's the next step of of bo acceptance
0: and then finally this this morning i Thought about it, I had a, I got a long night's sleep, mm-hmm. and I accepted the fact that in the Heights is a bomb.
1: Yeah. So the final step of Bo acceptance is, of course, acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are gonna. I mean, a lot of this show was going to be the postmortem on this opening weekend of In the Heights. Of course, we also had the opening weekend of Peter Rabbit, so we'll we'll give a little time to that. B. bunny
0: that B. we knew that he we did. knew what he was he yes, was what yes. we thought he was and what yes. was he
1: Pat oh uh, well he was he was a dead hare
0: but but what is he more importantly in the vernacular of the of the kids as you so eloquently put it last episode oh he's whack yes
1: yeah Peter Rabbit is fully whack for sure he's
0: officially whack
1: he is officially whack yes yes I I I was of course wrong last week on in the heights. I thought I thought the buzz for that was off the charts and would translate uh tweets to ticks. And I was wrong. But last week I came out here and I said I knew what the kids were thinking. I know the kids look at Peter Rabbit and think that Peter Rabbit is whack and yeah, the the BO numbers confirm Peter Rabbit is is fully whack.
0: And you know um, what it it it, it just solidifies our belief that we don't think kids are smart, but we think kids are culturally savvy, which is two different things. Yes. Like, yes. I wouldn't trust a kid with life advice, but I would trust a kid with what other kids, without talking to them, mm-hmm. thinks about a property.
1: They yes. just intrinsically
0: yes. know that Peter Rabbit used to not be whack, and now he's whack. Yes.
1: Yes. Yes. I would not want a kid to do my taxes, but I trust a kid to tell me which IPs are whack and which ones are back. Like Tom and Jerry was obviously back as an IP and Peter Rabbit was obviously whack. Mm-hmm. So I, I trust the kids on that. So before we get into all of these big BO stories going through this weekend, what happened within the Heights, what happened with Peter Rabbit, I just want to start the show by letting everyone know who who maybe didn't get to the end last week or or listen we're going to have to let them know every week this is the deal the bo boys have a substack yes so go to the bo sign up that way you get all the posts delivered right to your inbox and clayton we have had so much new as they say content on the BO Boys Substack this past week. We've had, of course, an article examining the day and date phenomenon. We've had several of a new format that is just lighting the world on fire. People love this trailer tracker format that we have going where we take an upcoming movie trailer, go through it, you know, in incremental beats and spell out. Is this part of the trailer going to add money to the opening weekend B.O.? Is this part of the trailer going to subtract money? And at the end of the trailer, we have got an opening weekend prediction. So we did that for—what movies did we do that for last week?
0: Uh, Boss Baby, Family mm-hmm. Business, yep, and then Free Guy, the, yes. the long-delayed Free Guy. Yes, yes. And we
1: have been getting— Just amazing kudos on the trailer tracking format from all reaches of the box office analyst world. People are loving this. Fans are loving it. Insiders are loving it. It's huge. It's only on the B.O. Boys substack. So sign up there. And we've also got, of course, Clayton, the most personal thing you've ever written, which is you wrote a expose on your, uh, uh, you know, the hardships inflicted upon you by MoviePass. You wrote about that. So could you tell us a little bit about that article that people can find on the B.O. Boy Substack?
0: Well, last week there was a bombshell report about the impropriety at MoviePass, uh, Mm -hmm. spearheaded by Mitch Lowe, the CEO, where he personally ordered his Munions at MoviePass to change people's passwords so they couldn't access their accounts. He mm-hmm. built barriers in order for subscribers to not be able to use the the app that he was attempting to sell mm-hmm. and the service he was attempting to provide. And I... You know, I, I, I it's it's hard to talk. It's hard to talk about because I still feel I it. Know, especially it's raw it because is. it's raw because I I revisited it last week and it's very difficult still to talk about. So I think the words on the page speak for themselves. But it is it is a heartfelt essay. It's a personal essay of trauma and also an expose at the same time. So two birds. Mm-hmm. And I think it, you know it's getting some traction. I think th- it's one of those things that other people are coming out with their experiences, right? And that's what this is about. It's not about me. I am I am probably one of the first victims, but I am not the last victim that will be able to speak their mind. So, right. Uh, we, we we did get an email. We
1: did. So we, I mean. Like you said, you're you're
0: speaking about
1: what MoviePass did to you. It's definitely opening the doors for others to feel comfortable to speak about their MoviePass experiences. We got an email, uh, you know, we got several emails from listeners. One of them was from uh, John Fink, the artistic director over at the Buffalo International Film Festival. So, so, you know, someone who's uh, a big deal within the film community, box office community. And, you know, he sent us his experiences with movie pass talked about, of course, uh, something that is a tough phrase for a lot of former movie pass customers to hear, which is surge pricing surge. Yeah. You know, so he, he fell victim to surge pricing as a, as a movie pass, uh, subscriber. And he talked about that to us and, Again, that's what's one of the th- great things about the BO Boys Substack is that we are providing a raw feed there and it's letting people come back to us with their own raw feed.
0: Yeah, and, we're d- it's so definitely gra- raw.
1: Yeah, so great work on that. You know, the Movie Pass story is going to be something we are not going to stop covering. So. Of course, read about Clayton's account on the Substack, boboys.substack.com. And email us, the podcast at gmail.com. Email us your stories of what you personally went through with MoviePass. We could talk about it on air. And of course, it will all be part of, like we discussed last week, the multi-billion slash multi-trillion dollar lawsuit. That at some point we will all collectively levy against MoviePass. So be part of the sharing and be part of, you know, be part of the payout. Yes. All right. So that is the plugs portion of the podcast. I think now it is time for you... To take us through this top five, Clayton.
0: Oh man, yeah, I I'm so anxious to plow. This is a fascinating top five. Mm-hmm. Number one, ascending back to the highest perch in its third weekend, A Quiet Place Part 2 made $12 million down only 38%. And wow. it now has a total gross. Of one hundred and nine point three million. I think we need to clap, clap, clap. There we go. I, I said, clap. this wouldn't
1: be, I said, this wouldn't be a, an upbeat episode, but thank you. Quiet place two for letting us clap.
0: Yes. Thank you. And we're, we'll get into the Godzilla verse quiet place. Part two, a hundred million dollar race in a little bit, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but then number two, in the Heights, $11.5 million in its debut weekend. Okay, well, plowing. Number three, The Conjuring, dropping down from number one to number three. The Conjuring, the devil made me do it. $10.3 million, down 57%. It is now standing at $44 million for a cum. Mm -hmm. Number four, Peter Rabbit 2, The Runaway, $10.1 million in its first weekend. Number five, Cruella, Mm -hmm. $6.7 million down 39% in its third weekend. And that's your top five now there's a few things outside the top five we'll get to later but Mm -hmm. now i think we really have to do the post-mortem on in the heights
1: all right here we go i mean this is a movie that you know we may have i mean we obviously did we were, we were going we were going very high on it last week talking 30s can it hit 40 but the assumption all around was in the 20s, opening weekend was a guarantee for a yes. night. You know, we even said, we even had the caveat last week that, listen, we're talking 30s here, but if this movie opens at 20 to 25 million, that's successful. It's a win. It's a win. And, you know... Let's let's state it before we we start ripping apart what happened. We wanted this to be a big hit.
0: Yeah, I mean we want almost to, be, big to hits. be a hit. Right and, right. and and I don't think this I think the reason we want it I don't want to speak for both of us. Okay. Speak I, for yourself. I think the reason we wanted this to be a hit is because this is the kind of we assumed big, fun. Happy singing, dancing, bring everybody into the theater so they can get sloppy, get fun, Mm -hmm. get loud. That kind of movie that will really bring people together, bring people back to the theater. If you're walking down the street and you're hearing the audience inside a theater going nuts, that's going to draw you in. That's what I thought this movie was going to be. I thought it was going to be raucous, I thought it was going to be jubilance. And that's why I wanted this movie to do well. Yes, exactly. This
1: seemed like this would be such a great advertisement just for going back to the movies in general. And instead, because this movie opened so low and the story is what a bomb of an opening weekend it was, to me this feels like several steps back for the idea of movie theaters being back. You know this feels like one of those things where the news is going to get out there. And people are going to start to think. Oh I guess movie theaters are still closed. Or people it's not the cool thing to do. Like there's there's just a, a, a dark cloud I, I feel like over theaters after this weekend.
0: And well, that is a perception problem, that is not a reality. So right, right. So you're worried about how the media is going to twist these numbers to have them reflect on theaters. Well, just
1: just just the fact that right now the theater business needs every hit it could get to keep building positive momentum. And I do think in a couple of weeks, we're going to have F9, then we're going to have Black Widow, and I think the ship will be righted. But it would have been a big boon for movie theaters if this raucous, happy musical opened to $30 million and everyone came out of it, you know, half drunk, falling over, big smiles on their faces, yelling to everyone in the street, you got to get in there and see this shit. Badly singing the, the tunes in the middle of yes. the street.
0: Yeah. Taxi yes, cabs yes.
1: beeping at them. Right. Right. But smiling, you know, the taxi cab beeps, but then they know, oh, they're coming at it into the heights. Everyone's having a good time. Theaters are back. Yeah. The taxi you know, driver
0: the, sits, uh, you know, turns back to whoever's in the back and says in the heights. Right. And then and then right. the the person in the back looks up from their phone and says, oh, yeah, that tracks." Right. Right. And then I'm watching they say, the trailer you know on my phone right now. Right. And
1: then they say, you know what? Instead of dropping me off at at the, you know, wherever I at the airport, take me to a movie theater. I want to get in on this. Because yes. I hear the BO is big and and the the, the party's raucous and I want to uh, drive me there. And that yeah. that's not happening. That's so it's not happening. But but I it. say something really quick. Go for it. I just want to
0: say something really quick because we're gonna get into this. But the reason why people listen to this show is because they, they're they going to get actual analysis. They're going to yes. get... It's not going to be a splashy headline. It's going to be... We're going to get into the nitty-gritty. Yes. But I want to say, if you... Listen, something might happen. You don't get to finish listening to this podcast. If you can't, that's okay. But, I mean, I'll be we'll be upset. We like people listening to completion. The thing is, it all comes down to... People didn't want this movie. Yes. And we'll get into reasons why, but this is not a reflection on people not wanting to go to the movies. This is a movie that we overestimated how many people would be interested in it and how many people would go see it in the theater and watch it at home. This is a movie nobody wants. Well, I mean, the thing is, you look at this,
1: you know, it's per theater average was $3,300 per theater. And that is basically less than what Quiet Place average per theater in its third week, about $200 a theater more than The Conjuring in its second week, barely above Peter Rabbit's per theater average. So, I mean, in the Heights, you're right. The, the interest was not at the level Anywhere near the level that we hoped for and were thinking it was going to be at, because the per theater average does tell the story. This is a movie that ha- opened very wide, you know. It, it it people had the opportunity to see it. So why let's let's talk about then why did people not want to see in the heights at the level that we all were thinking was there? Because you know I think a big comp for this movie was crazy rich Asians which came out a few years ago same director John Chu that was a movie that opened above expectations Opened really big around 30 million for its opening weekend legged out huge all summer was basically a phenomenon and this movie was getting that comp a lot where it's diverse cast, new fresh faces, same director, upbeat, colorful, you know, vibrant look to it, and that's what everyone was hoping for with this. And it didn't open anywhere near what Crazy Rich Asians did.
0: Well, here's my thought on that. Okay. Crazy Rich Asians was a huge best-selling book. Yes. And this is a successful Broadway musical. The accessibility of a novel that is available at every airport yeah, in America. Yeah, that's a big thing.
1: The airports is big. Newsstands.
0: Yep. Crazy Rich Asians was when you go to a Dwayne Reed, and they have the Jack Reacher books, they have mm. uh, John Grisham, whatever, whoever's ghostwriting John Grisham novels, they're mm. on there. Dean Kuntz. Right. And then you had a Crazy Rich Asians. That's how big that book was. So that is right. something that can canvas the whole of America. Right, right, right. In the Heights. It, it, it gets to the stacks. It gets to the stacks.
1: You in know, it's Heights, on those It's on those those spinner displays at a Walmart in the stacks. So even if the, 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 the moviegoer in the stacks doesn't buy... That copy of Crazy Rich Asians, it's in their face every time they load up the cart at their local Walmart. They go to. They see that. They, they know that IP.
0: Yes, that's huge. Yeah. A Broadway musical can only be really enjoyed, unless it is a huge, huge cultural event, by a, a, a specific small amount of people who saw the original. Broadway show, especially something like In the Heights, which isn't like West Side Story, which any, if you go to any high school, any college drama club or whatever, they've done West Side Story. It's a known right. quantity. And the songs right. are famous and well-known. Right. Right. This right. is a marginal IP that I think is exclu- like exclusively big in maybe New York. Mm-hmm. And not a lot of people own the soundtrack as much as people own some of these other soundtracks that were big, like Rent. And I think that we also, uh, we, I think everybody in general is overstating how much of a draw Lin, uh, Manuel, um, God. Lin-Manuel, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Miranda. How, fuck it, it's a raw feed. How big of a draw he actually is. He is not a draw. Well, well. Hamilton is a draw. He is not. I I'll push back on that. Don't that say that Moana. This is the
1: test of no, no. That even that this is any kind of test of him as a draw because he is not the star of this, and and that to me is the is one of the big problems with this movie. Is that it didn't have a star. Because if he's the most famous thing about this movie, that's bad. You're not able to push well, not even that it's bad because he's because he's a very famous person and a very, you know, well liked, you know, buzzy person, but he's not the lead that's, in this movie. He's basically a cam he's basically a cameo in this movie. So I don't think this is any kind of test of his star power because He's not the guy in the movie. And they didn't push him that way. Like, you actually didn't see him being pushed as the draw of this movie. What they did, which I think in retrospect is a big mistake, is, and I mentioned this last week, thinking that maybe this would be helpful, but they did a lot of marketing for this movie based around people who were not in it telling you to see it. So they had those commercials where it's The Rock saying, go see in the Heights. And it's Oprah saying, go see in the Heights. And the problem is, like Lin-Manuel Miranda, those people are not the stars of the movie. And with them, they're not even in the movie. So you're just confusing people or making them think of stars who they want to watch in something else.
0: Yeah, and that's why Deadline made a great point where I think last week I mentioned don't be too upset if this movie doesn't have a Baffa opening Mm -hmm. because it could have legs like The Greatest Showman. Well, The Greatest Showman had stars.
1: That's the thing. The Greatest Showman had stars. I don't... I don't... You know, we'll see the second weekend. I do think the drop-off is going to tell a lot. I don't see a scenario in which this movie legs out to something crazy it obviously could leg out have small drops and do pretty well but i think the ship has sailed on this being some kind of phenomenon um oh, definitely. and yes this not is, not, yeah. not having a star like hugh jackman is going to make it tough for this to leg out all summer and you hugh- you know
0: Hugh Jackman and and, and we forget Zach Efron was in that movie as well. Yeah, and yeah. I, I know he. wasn't. I agree.
1: I I don't yeah. buy the the comps that this is going to have, uh, greatest showman type legs, but I I think I think that's something we should talk about is, the lack of star power in the cast, but also, the lack of the marketing trying to make a star, out of the cast because like going back to the Crazy Rich Asians comp. Even though Henry Golding and Constance Wu, were neither of them were stars going into that, I feel like they did a much better job of positioning those two as stars who were about to pop when that movie was coming out. And with this movie, they didn't do that. They relied on, again, The Rock, Oprah, people who are not in the movie. And to uh, me, it belittled... The people, rather than trying to say, you know, Anthony Ramos, he's the, you're going to be your star. Just if you say it, people might believe it. I, you know, I, that's what marketing is.
0: I, I disagree. They were pushing Anthony Ramos. I saw him a lot. They, they not, were
1: pushing Anthony Ramos. Not the way they were with Henry Golding and the abs. You know, Henry Golding and those abs were a phenomenon before that movie even opened. And I don't... Maybe they never found their hook with Anthony Ramos. And, you know, I thought he was great in the movie. super talented. He obviously doesn't have those abs. You know, so you didn't have the abs to to push in the lead up the way you had with Henry Golding. But they didn't find an in to make people believe that there was an about-to-pop movie star in the cast. And I think, again... The Oprah and The Rock and all the the other celebrities doing their, their, you know, basically get out the vote for In the Heights type videos. I think that was a panic sign in retrospect. That was Warner Brothers realizing, oh, shit, we haven't made a movie star. Oh, shit, we haven't gotten Anthony Ramos's you know, facial hair to pop in the way that we got Henry Golding's abs to pop. We got to trot Oprah out here. And those videos, you know, not for anything, those videos came off as sort of like the types of videos they were doing when they were telling people who to vote for in the presidential election. I think in retrospect, that turned off a lot of people.
0: Yeah, we don't, we, we don't want to get political, but no. I know what you mean. I understand that in, the, the impulse people will have when they have a strong feeling against someone like Oprah, they will we're take even, it out on this movie.
1: And, and not even against them, but against that format of like... I know better. Of, of Of the stars saying, go do this thing. And it's one thing if a star is telling you, go do this thing because I'm in it. That's what we're used to. Mm-hmm. But it just comes off as very strange to have The Rock telling you, "Go see this movie." I- I'm not in the movie. I don't jump off a building. I don't throw anyone, you know, uh, through a window. But I still think you should see it. And I think when you have th- that, comes off as as uh, I I think is a negative in retrospect. I-, I think that whole format is going to be looked at as something that movie companies should never do again.
0: Well, it's it's like that when they have the trailers interspersed with the asking the people in the lobby of the the theater what they thought of it. Those commercials are always a sign that the box office needs a little bit of a push. Right. Right. And that's right. what this is, but it's it's a it's a, a it's done at the beginning of the cycle, not During the cycle, which those commercials would come out and you'd be thinking, oh, look at those people enjoying it. Would we all know now that it was a way to say, oh, those are real people, quote unquote, saying they like it. I'm a real person. I'm going to go see it. Mm
1: -hmm. But this
0: is the opposite Mm -hmm. because it's like The Rock and Oprah aren't real people.
1: No, they're the furthest things from real people, which is great. That's what we love about them. They are better than us. They're bigger than us, but they're not real people. So, how much do you... Because you saw this film. I saw it. I loved it. I saw it Friday night in New York in a theater that was as full as Governor Cuomo was allowing New York theaters to be, which is not completely full. And I was completely fooled at that point when I left that showing. I was sure this was opening up to the highest end of projections. People were cheering just the 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 production company logos at the top. There were applause breaks throughout the movie. It was the response we thought we were going to get everywhere, which was people were leaving singing and dancing and we all had a great time. People loved it. I loved it. Um I will say, I think this is something that I've heard from a few places. Um, Our Hollywood Insider, Insider Deep Popcorn, sent me this as a potential problem and also saw Jeff Bach at, at Exhibitor Relations Co. talked about this on Twitter. The movie is too long. It's two hours and 20 minutes. It's too long. It's too long. And I think... Obviously that always affects how many screenings you could get in in a day, which I don't think was really a problem. It does seem like it was more a lack of interest, is what led to this number. Yeah, there's enough theaters access. that they
0: can overcompensate for that.
1: Yeah. But that runtime is still a turnoff when you're trying to to get people out to A, what is like a family movie. You know, you want to have younger people go and two hours and 20 minutes is a lot to ask of a kid. It's also a lot to ask of an audience that you want to be energetic. The entire experience. Yes. You know, you you're ideally hoping that this audience, it's a musical people are singing along, they're dancing, they're clapping the whole time. Two hours and 20 minutes, that's a pure endurance test for the audience. They can't do that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And these long run times, and again, I was talking to, to Deep Popcorn about this, and it feels like it's an effect of the, the the decade of Marvel movies where you've had this Marvel creep of all these movies have to be two hours plus two and a half hours and yeah. games three and a half hours, whatever it was. And it's, it's carried over to these other big movies where they have to be as long as the Marvel movies, but the audiences are different because the Marvel audience, nothing against them. They're, you know, they're great people, but they
0: are what they are.
1: They are what they are, and they are more naturally sedentary. They, they could do two-and-a-half, three-hour movies because they're just going to be still anyway. They do that on the toilet. It, exactly. Exactly. So they're used to those long run times from their toilet experiences. So two-and-a-half hours to them, it's great. I'm sitting for two-and-a-half hours. And again, we're not knocking them. This is just... It is it's what a different is. way of life, right? But you can't have those two and a half hour runtimes when you want your audience to be upbeat, clapping along, singing along, energetic. It's too it, much. They come out of it exhausted, and they're they can't recommend the movie because they're out of breath.
0: Yeah, that's true. And there's a lot of people. As much as you see. I had a full body makeover during the during uh, you know being trapped inside my uh, apartment. Look, I've got a six pack now. For the ten percent of the population who did that, the rest of the population lost a little bit of their cardio, mm-hmm. so they're mm-hmm. not in fighting shape just yet for right. a two-hour, twenty-minute movie where, like you said, jumping, clapping, singing. Right. 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 And and then is there a level because I know you're not a musical guy. You you you'll watch musicals? I am. I,
1: I I actually like musicals a lot. Well so, so you would call yourself a musical guy? Um I wouldn't say I'm a musical guy, but I Yeah, I guess I'm a musical guy, sure.
0: Well, by musical guy I mean somebody who goes to every new show. Well, not not on. So you're saying
1: goes to Broadway musicals, every one. No, I can't say then I'm a musical guy. I will find my way to Broadway musicals a few times a year, so, but not every one. I have not seen, you know, Dear Evan Hansen, for instance. But I saw Hades Town. See, so if make, you were make a, of that which you will.
0: If you were a musical guy, you would have saw Dear Evan Hansen. So
1: a hundred percent. So, so, yeah, f- not a musical
0: guy. These are not well-known songs in the general population, the so, In the Heights songs.
1: They are not... Yeah, I, I don't think In the Heights had a... Uh, uh, like a big mainstream pop hit come out of it or, or songs that were at the mainstream level of Hamilton. I mean, and- In the Heights is a... Like you talked about before, it's not a major, major stage property. If anything, its reputation is bigger because it's the one Lin Manuel Miranda did before Hamilton. Yes. You know, but if he had never made Hamilton, I don't know if In the Heights is made into a movie.
0: Oh, no. He owes his entire career to Hamilton as he should, cause it was a smash. It was a cultural, it, it was just a cultural earthquake, whatever, however you feel about it it, it. it is a very, very strong popular IP. Right. I mean, is in the Heights, a victim
1: of the, a, I guess the release date, you know, because even though it's pandemic times, this is still a summer movie, so it comes with summer movie expectations, and the the sort of hoping for this being a giant hit, when in the end, like we've talked about, it is a somewhat marginal IP that is very specific just to people who saw it in New York, with a cast that doesn't have any movie stars. You know, it has some recognizable actors like Jimmy Smith's, but no one's a movie star and no one, no one was really positioned, like we said, as a about to pop movie star. So, so it had all these things that would make it seem like it's a small movie, but because it came out in the summer we're looking at this eleven and a half million dollar opening as a disaster. When honestly, that's what this movie always should have made.
0: Well, it had a huge marketing push from Warner Brothers. It did, and it was un- inescapable. I-, I think there's so many things. And that's the thing. Is like we're here talking about all the different things. It's a lot of people are saying, well, the whole the whole older people aren't going back to the theaters, and older people right. like musicals, and that's why this didn't do well. And people saying. It's to New York because it didn't do well in Texas or Southern California.
1: The it stacks did not like this movie.
0: It didn't over-index like Conjuring Three over-indexed with Hispanic moviegoers mm-hmm. in uh, in Texas and Southern California and, and other places like that. But they, it didn't happen with this movie. The only place it did Bafabobo really was New York, New York right. City. I, and those areas surrounding it. It's I mean the thing is and again I love this
1: movie but I'm a coastal elite and specifically a coastal elite from New York and this is a movie about about a bodega. You know, this is a movie about a character whose journey is to find his way back to the bodega, which but, I but- I find as The story that needs to be told, and I love seeing it be told, and I can relate to that story, and I would want 10 movies a year that are versions of that story about a a man and his bodega. But that is not a universal story, I guess, that's going to play in the
0: stacks. That is. Which is it's
1: upsetting to me because, again, I love that story.
0: But, Pat, that is not true. Specificity does not mean it's not universal. Look at Star Wars. I've never been to space. Pat, have you right. been to space?
1: I have not been to space. But okay. I also don't like Star Wars that much, so this is not a good but example. For I'm
0: me. talking about Bafa Bobo. I'm not talking about whether you like it or not. Right, right. Do you know anybody personally who's been to
1: space? Do I know anyone personally who's been to space? You shouldn't no. have
0: to think this hard. Um, Yeah, okay then it, by your estimation, that is not a universal thing, so therefore it wouldn't do well. The facts are a well-told story is universal, even if it's specific, because it's, there's something to it that people want. There's something about this movie that people just did not want and sometimes uh, it just I, I comes down to it pat sometimes I, it just I, I comes don't, down d- to that
1: i don't know though about like you throwing out the fact of how specific the story was because like going to space is so unspecific to everyone that then that becomes universal none of us know anyone who goes to space so seeing you someone didn't going ask me. to space you didn't is ask cool. me did you know anyone who's been to space
0: not no not as of not as of yet
1: right so something like star wars is not comparable because the universality of it is we all want to see what it's like for people to fight aliens in space. Cause n- none of us know that. Whereas, you know, uh, a story about a bodega—it's specific to some. Other people are like, ah, I don't care about that. It's for New Yorkers, and there there's sort of like a dislike about that. Which, again, I think sucks. It's a, I I I I think that's a shame. But it's clear that. The stacks weren't interested in this, and again, it really comes down to that the IP never really made its way, I guess, out of out of out of certain markets in a major way. The way something like Hamilton or other big Broadway shows have.
0: Yeah, and and I think that's the thing, and and it is. I think I do agree with what you said a little bit earlier that. We our expectations were, were too elevated for this, which if it would have been rolled out at theaters in New York and then right. in L. A. and Chicago and Philadelphia and then went national, national, the numbers would have been better for a limited right. release, and then it wouldn't have the stench it has now. Now, we talked. A I mean, bit if before. you
1: if you opened this movie platformed it, and opening weekend just had it open in New York and L.A., you may have had a number that's pretty close to what its nationwide release this weekend was. You know, they could have done a, you know, opening weekend, New York and L.A. only, and gotten its $10 million and then rolled it out wider, and then it would have had that buzz of, man, it already made $10 million just opening in two cities. Yes. When this gets here, you I gotta, gotta, see gotta go see this. Well, and and that that was, in retrospect, probably a mistake. And, and you don't really do that with summer movies. So this being a big summer movie was also probably part of the problem where this maybe should have been always a movie that opens in the fall, has a platform release, open it in New York and L.A. first, get that huge per screen average up there. Make some great headlines. Get an episode of the B.O. Boys where we're talking about, holy shit, this movie is overperforming and it's limited release. And then you'll have the stats, that the stacks, the Earth Dogs, the Plain Billies. They're going to be like, I got to see this. The numbers in it's limited release are crazy. When it comes here, I'm going. I don't care that I don't know about Bodegas. I know about Big platformed limited release hits, and I got to go see this.
0: Platforming is a a luxury that theaters can't have right now. Or not theaters necessarily, studios can't have right now. Because if they tried to platform this thing right now, theaters would flip their shit. They would say, we need product. Right. Why are you fucking platforming this? Right. Pardon my French. They would say pardon my French cuz it's rude right. to swear in a business t- type of of situation. But that's the thing is that this wasn't released the way it should have been released.
1: Now, well, and platforming doesn't and I I think this might be where you're going to go next with this. Platforming is impossible when you're doing day and date releases on a streaming service like HBO Max.
0: A- absolutely. And yeah, we're going to talk because Samba Samba TV mm-hmm. the source for streaming viewership mm-hmm. has released not numbers oh wait no they did release numbers. They said that six hundred ninety three thousand households watched in the heights okay which is very very low. Yeah. So we're looking at all the rest of these day and date theatrical releases: *Mortal Kombat*, *Godzilla mm-hmm. vs. Kong*, *Wonder Woman 1984*, even *Conjuring 3*. Mm-hmm. They all did well on streaming and well at the box office. What they've what 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 they're saying is that you a movie does well in the theater and then it also does well streaming at the same time, which this reinforces my belief that these are two separate audiences mm-hmm. and they think similarly, but they are two separate audiences. So like this isn't a victim of streaming this film. It's not like it had a huge number of streaming views and that impacted the box office Mm -hmm. it was low on both ends so people didn't even want to watch this movie at home and and we talked before before the show i am not going to watch this movie now because it's low box office debut Mm -hmm. coupled with its low streaming numbers right creates a stench
1: Right, right. That I mean, is the, too the, much.
0: I would be the, a loser to watch this movie.
1: Right. I mean, the famous example, of course, is in 2019 when the Charlie's Angel reboot with Kristen Stewart opened up to such a disastrously low opening weekend that it had such a stench of loserdom on it that it was completely finished from that point on because who would want to go? see that movie after its opening weekend was such a disaster.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It had such an immense sense. And that's, and that's the thing. And that shows you like box office is still powerful.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Right. And, and it, right. Yeah. Like you, you must've had people who were planning to watch it on a Saturday night on HBO max. And then the, numbers of the box office started coming in on Saturday morning that this movie was tanking at the box office and those people probably said, "You know what? Why do we have to watch in the Heights on HBO Max tonight? This movie's already bombing. It's not a big cultural event. Let's we'll watch we're let's just rewatch Ocean's 11 for the 50th time."
0: Yeah. We'll do that instead. Yeah, there's people watching TV shows. Mhm. There's mm-hmm. people who who went to HBO Max, and were going to watch this, and then saw the numbers, and were like, "Let's check out this Hack show." Right. I mean, right. when Hack is more nothing against Hack, but it's TV. It's TV. It's not a movie. Right. It's not a. It's not a a spectacle. It's not a movie musical spectacle that you could enjoy in the in the comfort of your own home. And people are skipping that for TV. It just it just creates a stench that and we were talking, you know, you went and saw this on Friday. You loved it. Mm -hmm. You're texting me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to maybe go see this film uh, this weekend, this next weekend. Now, God, there's no way I'm going to go see this movie in the theater. Yeah. I won't even watch it at home.
1: It's a shame. And looking at those streaming numbers. So how many people watch it on HBO Max? Around six hundred and sixty thousand people. That is less than the amount of people who paid thirty dollars a piece to watch Cruella in Cruella's opening weekend well, when that's it was actually, available on on Disney
0: Plus. So it was six six hundred ninety three thousand in a three day window for In the Heights, and it was. Right. Less for Cruella. It was uh,
1: 686000 and it's four days on Disney Plus for but Cruella. But your point stands. But again, they paid Cruella, $30. Bucks. Right. They're paying $30. I mean, Basically, you have the same amount of people who are choosing to pay $30 a pop to watch Cruella at home as you had people who could just watch it on their existing – watch In the Heights on their existing HBO Max subscription. I mean, it all comes back down to – This movie did not have the interest level that we hoped it would, that Warner Brothers obviously hoped it would, that people thought it would going into it. Um, And I think, again, this is another another situation which shows stars are still important. Movie stars are still important. And if you don't have an existing movie star in your movie, you got it prove to the audience that they're about to see a giant movie star be created. You know, you can't, it's very hard to just sell the idea of a, of a, a movie, you know, especially when it's not IP, you know, you could sell a Marvel movie based on IP, but you can't sell something like what they tried to do with In the Heights, which is, come see a party in the theaters. That's not enough. You have to have stars or you got to have the promise of, like they did with Crazy Rich Asians, Henry Golding's abs are about to become a movie star.
0: Mm -hmm. Constance
1: Wu is about to become a movie star. And you know what? It's, It's something we haven't talked about, but... Constance Wu's been the lead in two movies. They both made over $100 million. Oh,
0: Hustlers, yeah.
1: So they had something in that movie that In the Heights doesn't have, which is someone that people wanted to see either already be a movie star or become a movie star. And it's not going to cut it by just having The Rock and Oprah go out there and say, hey, I'm not in this, but... I advise you to check it out. That ain't that don't mean anything to people.
0: Well, let's now now is there any other theories now I I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there any other theories as to why this movie failed that you heard through the grapevine? So the, line?
1: So one other theory that got texted to me by a uh, box office insider who is not deep popcorn, a non a, a different source and it's something I mentioned earlier One of his theories was that they were, you know, Anthony Ramos's facial hair, super manicured uh, uh, goatee was something that maybe was not going to be helpful to the box office. And like I said, you know, that was what they were pushing in the same way they were trying to push Henry Golding's abs on Crazy Rich Asians. And I think... This clearly shows abs are a big plus for getting people out. Well-manicured facial hair is not. And that I didn't think work.
0: I think it's going to take a lot more than uh, Ramos to bring back the goatee in a significant way. Because even Lin-Manuel Miranda wasn't able to make the goatee happen. Right, and 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 that can't be,
1: that can't be the center of your campaign, you know, of your movie star campaign. You yeah, know, that that could be, it could be there, it could be just incidental, but it can't be the 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 thing that you're leading with when you're when you're showcasing your movie star. So I think that's that's something to consider.
0: It's now, something to consider. Speaking of a hair that just ain't happening. Mm hmm. Oh boy. Let's talk about this whack ass rabbit, Peter Rabbit. Peter Rabbit 2. 10.4 million opening. It's around Mm -hmm. what the studio thought they were going to get. Way low way lower than its original opening for the first movie, which I think everybody expected, but there was hope that this was going to at least come in number two. Mm -hmm. And the fact that it was beat by a movie that's been out for two weekends already is available at home. Yeah. And a movie that's been out for three weeks In A Quiet Place Part 2, I think this is a disappointment. I think this is the end of the road for Peter Rabbit. I think a lot of the things we mentioned earlier and last weekend were what damned this movie. The kids think he's whack now. Yeah. Didn't come out around Easter. That would have been the perfect time. They blew it. Mm Mm-hmm. They blew it.
1: They blew it. They had a chance to have a hit rabbit movie and they blew it. And they blew it.
0: And this movie's stale. It sat on the se- shelf too long. Yes. Yes. This and rabbit got long in the tail. Yep.
1: And all of these movies coming out this summer have been on the shelf a long time. But because of the... the way they were constantly changing the release date on peter rabbit they just hung a lampshade on this being an old movie you know because if you move the date once maybe twice obviously people are worried about bigger things this past year they're mainly thinking about the pandemic and where to get toilet paper and, and all the things that come with the pandemic but with Peter Rabbit, the studio just kept reminding people over and over again, "We're moving the date. We're moving the date. We're moving the date. We're pushing it back. We're pushing it up. We're pushing it back." And you're basically just reminding people over and over again, "This is an old movie." Whereas something like, you know, uh, F9 that moved twice, people f- forget that it's old because they're like, "Okay, yeah, this movie's coming out in June 2021." Like, like I heard. But Peter Rabbit, they just kept telling you over and over again, "This is some old old rabbit shit."
0: Hmm. Yeah, I think I mean, there's not really much to say about this. This was what we thought it was. It's it's um, not an atrocious failure, but it's it's a failure, and and I think we've seen the last of Peter Rabbit, at least in the theatrical sense. I think this is maybe a if there's not already a cartoon series, possibly something you could see being a series on streaming, not voiced by James Corden. Yes.
1: Yes. They'll go for a lower priced, easier to work with. I'm sure British voice talent who could easily just sound the same.
0: Yeah. One of James the animaniac Corden. guys or whatever. Right.
1: Right. Or, or, you know, a British comedian who's on all the panel shows back in, in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking at, a poster. I took a picture at my local movie theater of what is the final poster for Peter Rabbit to the Runaway. And okay. in in this poster, you know, you got your normal picture of of Peter Rabbit. He's got a, a a a bindle, but he's using a giant carrot as the stick, and he's got a bindle of all of his items at the end of it because he's a runaway. But the tagline at the top of the poster says. In theaters, finally. So that is the tagline they're going with.
0: What? Which is
1: basically, they're doing a meta poster, I guess, A, reminding people of the pandemic, but more making fun of their own scheduling
0: department at Sony? That... And, and who's that for? Because... We aren't, we aren't like, we're not enjoying that. That's, that's not something that I'm enjoying that. No,
1: no, no, not at all. I saw that in the theater. I'm like, I get it. Cause obviously you're making an in joke about release schedules. I mean, that's, if it's aimed at anyone, it's aimed at me. And I don't want that for my cartoon rabbit
0: movie. That's spitting in the face of probably a good number of parents who had to constantly tell their children. Yes. Oh, Peter Rabbit moved again. Right. But you said we'd see Peter Rabbit. You said we'd see it. It just, it moved again. I don't know what to tell you. Right. And then they throw tantrums and they, I hate you. I hate you. That kind of stuff. There's a lot of parents who were screamed at by their children over... The the moves, the the just numerous moves of this film. And they see that and they're like, you're spitting in my face like my child did. My child spit his Cheerios in my face when I told him, guess what? Peter moved again.
1: Yep. And and that's a a joke now. I think that's shitty. I think it's shitty. Yeah, I agree. I I think at at best it's ineffective and at worst it's offensive and shitty
0: mm-hmm. but I at agree. best
1: it's ineffective in theaters finally so you're doing you're you're wasting this valuable valuable ad space the 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 space that's going to try and woo people in off the streets into a movie theater maybe for the first time in a year and a half and you're doing that by having a meta joke at the expense of the Sony Pictures scheduling department. Yeah. That is what is supposed to get people off the streets to see Peter Rabbit. Is a little a little joke, a little in joke about all of the backstage travails that they would have heard on the BO boys podcast.
0: Yeah. I mean maybe it's maybe that was a kind of a shout out to us.
1: Right, right, but that's a that's a misunderstanding of the BO boys audience because they want those kind of observations and they want that kind of uh 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 insiderness from us. They don't want it from Peter Rabbit and they don't want it from a Peter Rabbit movie poster. No. So this movie is is hard to say it is a bomb because, you know, I mean, here's the thing. It's like we said with In the Heights. In the Heights is in some ways a victim of the expectations that we had right before it opened. And Peter Rabbit kind of gets to coast by on the low expectations that everyone had for this right before it opened because they open about the same. And right now we're sort of like, Oh well, Peter Rabbit too. It is what it is. Because we yeah, weren't exactly we weren't expecting much from it by the time we finally got there, you know. So there's the 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 uh, danger of 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 having high expectations, I guess.
0: And here's here's a good example because we're gonna go out of the top ten for a quick thing here. We got two things okay. to cover outside the top ten right now. Number seven, The House Next Door, Meet... What is this called? Meet Meet the the Blacks Blacks 2. Came in at number seven Mm -hmm. with $1 million in only 420 theaters. It had a per-screen average of $2,409 per theater. This is a film that... It is a sequel to a film that came out a few years ago. It was a parody of Purge movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to check and see what it opened at. I didn't have. I knew that this, this movie came out. I didn't have much knowledge of the original. But. Let's see. So, Meet the Blacks, the original, came out April first, two thousand sixteen. Made nine million domestic. Let's see what it opened at. So that is. Opened at four. Opened at four. Yeah, opened at four. It had. It was only in a thousand theaters that first time. Wow. So th- these movies draw. These movies yeah. draw, and here's, and this is, see, this is the thing. This is how box office is funny, because it is about numbers, but it's about the perception of the numbers. Mm-hmm. I am psyched about Meet the Blacks 2. Okay. I'm, I'm psyched that this movie made what it made. Okay. Because I didn't have any clue about it coming out. I had no expectations for it. It's a good Per theater average for a movie in this small of that amount of theaters, Mm -hmm. and so this is a win in my book. Yet again, we're talking about In the Heights being a major disaster because of those expectations. Right, right. Well, and also scale.
1: I mean, Meet the Blacks Two is you know Meet the is it called The House Next Door? Meet the Blacks Two. That the is
0: store meet the box, too.
1: It is obviously a lower budget than In the Heights, much lower marketing spend. Uh, uh, didn't get the publicity. So, it making what it's making on that type of budget s- seems like it could end up being a lot more profitable than yes. a, a, a bigger movie like In the Heights. I mean, this is, yeah, this is the type of movie that. And right now the movie theater business is all about getting people back, getting people used to going to the theater, comfortable going to the theater, excited about going to the theater. And something like The House Next Door, Meet the Blacks 2, starring Mike Epps and mm-hmm. Cat Williams, is doing its part to get a portion of the movie... Going audience happy and excited and comfortable with going back to the theater. So, I think in some ways, all of these movies are doing their part because I'm sure there's a lot of people who hadn't gone back to the theater in the past year, but they went back because The House Next Door Meet the Blacks 2, starring Mike Epps and Cat Williams, opened up, and that's what got them in. Yeah. And, and so I think it's 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 important that this movie came out and did what it did.
0: Yeah. And then last thing outside of the top five, mm-hmm. the horse race is over. And a Quiet Place Part Two trounced Godzilla vs Kong because Godzilla vs Kong hasn't even reached hundred million yet we were saying this could be a on a wednesday the Mm -hmm. one takes a hold over the other and we have to go by minute doesn't Mm -hmm. look like that's the case you you famously changed horses in midstream we both thought godzilla was going to do it first you jumped onto a new horse quiet place part two and it was good good jump good way Mm -hmm. good for you And Godzilla, in its 11th weekend, made $290,000, down only 37%. It's only in 987 theaters. It lost 403 theaters last weekend, which makes sense because there's a lot of other Warner Brothers stuff in there at the theaters. Mm -hmm. And it is at $99.7 million in its 11th weekend, I mean, we gotta say, oh, it's it's gonna it's gonna go over a hundred. It's
1: gonna. I mean, it, it's clear at this point. Warner Brothers is going to drag Kong and Godzilla's across carcasses ac- across the finish line. It it's is got going, to. Yeah, yeah. It it's got to. It's so close. It, it it's but it, you know what? It might take more than another weekend, because at this point. Godzilla versus Kong is getting to be in so few theaters and it's per theater average is so low. It's at now at $295. So it's, it's almost at a point where it's like, I don't know if it's just like rent outs at this point or, you know, what that, what's going on with the people who are still going to see this movie, but it's getting so low that it may still take a few more weeks Before it gets that last 300,000.
0: Yeah, it's hard because we will get to this, but we do have a big film coming out this Wednesday. So that's going to, again, cut into the people who would see this film. But yeah, I think it's going to be this will stay in theaters as long as it needs to. Yes,
1: yes. It's definitely going to get to 100, but it it may not even be this weekend. I don't know. I don't know. Well, do
0: you want to do another bet?
1: Is it going to be this weekend? You think it will? I think it will. So you think by next episode, when we're looking at the the box office receipts for next weekend, it's at a hundred. I'll say no. I'll say we're either. clapping I'll for say,
0: Godzilla, v. Kong next weekend. I think. Yeah.
1: Okay. Let's say I hope we are. I I like that movie. King Kong is a movie star. Godzilla's a value add. I hope they get there.
0: It's, it's it's so funny that we spent so little time talking about A Quiet Place Part 2, even though it jumped back to number one. I think that was more on the backs of a extreme failure. So we we don't want to focus on the negative when there is no. a positive. A huge so positive. I do think next week we should divvy up these millions. Okay. Okay.
1: So we'll divvy up the domestic box office for Quiet Place Part 2 next week. Weekend, okay, that's an interesting hook. If yeah. I was a wanna be old boy, wanna be old girl, wanna be old person, person, I would be very excited for next week's episode, hearing how the bo boys split up, the domestic box office quiet Place part two. I mean, listen, that movie's a hit. It's it it's always a big deal when a movie's out for a couple of weeks and jumps all the way back up to number one. You know. Uh, I, I'm sorry we we sort of shortchanged that this episode, but the In the Heights story was just too big to be ignored. Hmm. Um.
0: But yeah, it was too big of a fail.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So let's let's let that's a good hook for next week. We're going to talk about who gets what in the Quiet Place millions. That'll be big. Yeah, and and, listen, uh, and we'll see what In the Heights does in its second weekend. Maybe it has a, a great hold and it'll leg out to something respectable. Next next weekend is going to be very telling for In the Heights. It has to hold. It has to hold. It has to have a hold in, in a, in a less—it has to drop less than 50%. I mean, I, I think for In the Heights to redeem itself and get to a respectable number in the long run, it's going to have to pull off a miracle like 30%
0: drop. Oh yeah, 20 to yeah, thir- in the 20s. You know, which, or 30 at the maximum,
1: which we haven't been seeing you know in in post-pandemic, we haven't really been seeing first to second weekend drops that have dropped that low. We've seen after you get past that second weekend, we've seen some pretty good holds. But I don't think we have seen a hold at that level post pandemic in a first to second weekend. We have yet to see something open and then hold on and only drop like 30%.
0: Well, because the movies that are being released are the kind of films that open big. Right. And are front loaded. Right. Right. And we have yet to see a movie that is not, and, and we're saying this is the, 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 the post pandemic openings right.
1: it's a small sample size so yeah. maybe in the heights will be the first maybe in the heights will have that you know great hold and only drops 30 percent and end up legging out to you know 50 or 60 million dollars down the road we'll see but next weekend is big
0: well let's big. let's talk about next weekend which let's actually starts on wednesday the 16th because mm-hmm. we have the Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife. Okay. Starring Samuel Jackson. Um, wh- uh, What's her name? Uh, ha- Salma, Salma Hayek. Salma Hayek. And Deadpool. hmm. Well, but. but not he's Not playing Deadpool. So it, it is just Ryan Reynolds. Ryan it's Reynolds. Not Deadpool. So Ryan Reynolds reprising his role from the original uh sleeper hit Mm -hmm. this film that really made a lot of hay in august a few years ago yep and it came out in
1: august of 2017 this movie did and again trying to trying to get anything in real time from box office mojo and it's new redesign is always a chore
0: so opening Uh, weekend 21.3 million dollars yep and it lagged out to 75
1: yeah a legit hit i mean it had here's here is where this movie made its bones so you look at It's opening weekend. $21 million opening weekend. Good Mm -hmm. opening weekend. Not mind-blowing. Not, you know, it's not the, uh, that old Maxwell cassette commercial where the guys, the sound is so good it's blowing the guy off of the recliner. It's not that kind of, like, blow-you-away opening. But it's good. Yeah. And then the following weekend, good 50% hold down to 10 million dollars again not an amazing hold but good hold for a big movie but here is where it makes its bones in its third weekend this movie makes another 10 million dollars 13 for the long labor day weekend so that is a situation where in its third weekend it made a little more than it did in its second weekend
0: yeah, plus 3% in September, Yeah, yep. September 2017.
1: And then after that, some pretty normal drops, 50%, 25%. But what you see there is that was a first movie that was liked because when you see that those kind of weekends where its third weekend makes a little more than its second, it means people like it. People are saying, this is a good movie. You got to go see it. I know Ryan Reynolds isn't playing Deadpool, but you still want to see this anyway. And Sam Jackson, of course, is as always a great value add. Oh, (coughs) oh, raw feed, fuck it, raw feed. We're keeping it in there. So he is—he's on the Mount Rushmore of value adds. Yes, yes, yes. Um, so I guess the question is. This was a well-liked first movie that had good word of mouth. But will that translate into a sequel? Is the word of mouth... It's one thing for the word of mouth to go from one weekend to another weekend. But can the
0: word of mouth go from
1: 2017
0: to 2021? And where are we all collectively in the Ryan Reynolds... Right. like, how much of him can we stand at this point? Right. I He's, mean, I- he seems to have done some nice things during the pandemic. People seem to be enjoying his social media accounts. Again, you know, Insta stories are not ticket purchases. Not right. as, that's not as, yeah. Tweets Sweet aren't ticks. ticks is way better. Yeah. So, how much can we stand him at the moment how mm-hmm. much juice is left in this orange to squeeze mhm box office pro is saying 13 million to 18 million opening i feel like that's insanely high
1: oh man i mean if this opens below 13 then it's kind of cooked and is that for the 3 day or for the 5 day
0: that's for the three-day. A five-day, yeah. If it gets 13 for the five-day, that's bad.
1: Yeah. I do think this movie, The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, does benefit from being the first of the two Ryan Reynolds action comedies that open this summer. Oh, yeah. Because if Free Guy had come out already, then I think people would have been... Had their fill of Ryan Reynolds, especially in a non-Deadpool situation, you know, like if Deadpool, if there had been a new Deadpool that had come out and then this movie, you may have had the opposite effect where people are like, oh, I'm on this Deadpool high. I'll go see more of him. But I don't think you're going to get two non-Deadpool Ryan Reynolds hits in one summer. So It's bad news for free guy. It's definitely good for this movie that it's opening first.
0: So you think this is the Ryan Reynolds acts like Deadpool, but isn't Deadpool vehicle that is going to succeed.
1: I think so because I just, I just can't imagine being that second movie. And he's got Samuel
0: Samuel L. Samuel L is a value add. He adds millions to, openings yes. because people just want to see him like there's the there's the rare outlier that doesn't hold true but most of the time you see a trailer with samuel jackson in it and people want to go see it now spiral had samuel jackson i don't know how much that kept people from uh, like made people go
1: I mean Spiral is such a non Samuel Jackson type of movie mm-hmm. too that honestly I went into that kind of forgetting he was in it when I saw it. I mean he was he was sort of a non factor in that marketing. You know, the Spiral marketing was it being from the book of Saw and Chris Rock. Sam Jackson was kind back. of yeah. Sam Jackson was I think kind of wasted in the marketing of that movie. And it's not the type of format where people want to see Sam Jackson. They want to see him in a movie like this, in the hitman's wife's bodyguard, where he's getting to wisecrack, where he's getting to belittle a younger co-star, where he's getting to kick some ass. As much ass as someone in their 70s could reasonably kick, Sam Jackson is going to kick it. And this is the type of movie people like seeing Sam Jackson in. So I think this is where his kind of value add is the strongest in these wisecracking action gun-toting comedies.
0: And you know, I would say Salma Hayek is, is is a value add as well. Yes, definitely. I mean, by no means as big as uh, you know, Samuel Jackson, but I think she is very well loved. Yes.
1: She's in that spot now of like playing in these older, older star action movies where she is still like, guess what? I'm still hotter and cooler than, you know, stars half my age. Mm -hmm. And she's able to pull that off. And people like seeing her in that zone of like, I won't even say nostalgic, but, but you know, she's, She's a movie star that's been around for a while but could still pull, off, pull it off the way she used to. And people like that. I think this is a movie that... Let's see. Three day. Can it hit 16 million in its three day? Can it hit like 19
0: million in its five day? Is that possible? I mean, it's definitely possible like 20 in a 20 in a five day for this. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, and
1: and you know what? Like the conjuring made over 20 million dollars in its opening weekend a couple of weeks ago. Like there is enough of an audience that is going back to the movies that they could propel something as mediocre as the conjuring the devil made me do it to a 20 million dollar opening i mean mortal Kombat opened to 25 million almost two months ago same weekend that demon slayer made what 20 million so the 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 audience is there to propel a mid-level action comedy like hitman's bodyguard up to around 20 million and I mean, unlike in the Heights, this has stars in it. it. Has Ryan Reynolds, not as Deadpool, but still Ryan Reynolds, very famous. Sam Jackson, Mount Rushmore value adds, borderline full-on movie star.
0: Yeah, I yeah. There's there's days I wake up and I and I think Samuel Jackson is a legitimate movie star. Yeah,
1: I I, I, I I'm in that camp. I'm in that camp, and yeah, either and think, either
0: either way, though
1: he's a big effing deal. He's a huge effing deal, yeah. And then Salma Hayek, definitely a value
0: add. But also, you know? I'm looking deeper into this cast. Mm-hmm. Antonio Banderas, right, right. Morgan Freeman, right, is in the in this movie. This film has stars now. This has stars. They're talking about older people not going to the theater. Is this a movie getting older people in there? Right, because Ryan Reynolds to to older people is a hot up and coming star.
1: Yes, yes, he's a fresh face. If you're
0: if you're uh, an an art theater goer, Antonio Banderas is a guy that. People love. He's in the older demographic, but seems younger. Same thing with Salma Hayek. Yes, and to an extent, Samuel L. Jackson, who is probably very close to Morgan Freeman's age, but plays characters thirty years younger than Morgan Freeman does. Yes, and Morgan Freeman. I mean, who? What older pe- person doesn't like Morgan Freeman? He's the best case scenario for any older person. Right. 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 I mean, and then he you is, got you got Richard E. God-like. Grant too, who is not a value add, but when he shows up on the screen, I think like there are people who say, oh, wow, this is awesome that he's working. Right, right, right.
1: Yet yeah, this movie has a lot of those where something like in the Heights pretty much had Jimmy Smith as the only person of that level.
0: And he's beloved, he- but he can't pull all the weight.
1: He can not pull all the weight. Exactly. Like it, if you swap Jimmy Smith's, in from one of those cast members into the Hitman's wife's bodyguard, that would fit perfectly. But Jimmy Smith's exactly was pretty much the the recognizable star who had to pull all of that weight in something like In the Heights. Where, yeah, Hitman's wife's bodyguard is, is just filled with ringers. It's filled with people that you know, people that you love. And, man... Uh, This could get itself to twenty because I don't think anything else is going to is is going to challenge it for those dollars this weekend. So knowing if the if the conjuring was able to do it a few weeks ago, then maybe for this five-day hitman's wife's bodyguard gets to 20 maybe it's a 16 million dollar or 15 million dollar three day and a 20 to 21 million
0: dollar five day so again like this is an exclusive to theaters only right right so so that's a thing i mean again like i always say it's two different audiences but there is a level of we're going to be able to really see if this succeeded in a very clear way because of that it makes it easier for us.
1: It makes it easier. I mean, I know it's two different audiences. There was probably some amount of money, box office money that that In the Heights would have made if it wasn't on HBO Max, some amount of money that Cruella would have made at the box office if you couldn't buy it at home. I, I don't think it's as giant as we thought before, but there's some amount of money. So the hitman's wife's bodyguard, the only money it could make is at the box office. it can't, it can't be watered
0: down. So two questions and then we'll mm-hmm. we'll, we'll wrap up because we're yeah. going a little bit long here. it yeah. just it's in the heights was so historically uh, it was just it we had to talk about it yeah. Do you think it is the number one film this weekend? Yes yes
1: okay I do I do think Hitman's wife's bodyguard, even just for the 3 day will open number 1 yes i okay. do
0: and do you think it will go over 20 for the 5 day oh
1: man i think it's on the border
0: but i think it does i think it does are you thinking like i'm thinking like 21 yeah
1: i'm thinking uh, i'm thinking that it's 21 yeah. That feels I would agree. right.
0: I, I have to agree with you both. I mean, usually we try to go back and forth with it. I mean, I could say under just to make it fun. I will say under just to make it fun under 20.
1: That is fun. But I think, yeah, I think we both in our heart
0: of hearts think it's 21 million. And I do think, barring a catastrophe, this is the number one movie for the weekend. Yes, yes,
1: because Quiet Place was number one this past weekend at 12 million. So you have to assume some drop off. And I think you would assume Quiet Place and everything that was under it finish in single digits, which means if Hitman's wife's bodyguard makes even the low end of expectations, makes 12 or 13 million for the three day, then. It, it is number one by default yeah um i mean i'm looking at next week's top five i mean i feel like hitman's wife's bodyguard is number one i mean here's this is the, so hard here's the big thing am i betting on in the heights having a great hold? and thereby get edging ahead of Quiet Place 2 next week. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go for it because I'm, I'm still going to bet on this movie. And I'm going to say number two next weekend is in the Heights. It holds really well. Quiet Place 2 starts to drop more. Goes to number three. Conjuring 4. And I'll go with Cruella five and peter rabbit just having a massive
0: drop and just going below cruella that's my top five really that's funny because here's my top five go for it hitman's wife's bodyguard number two quiet place part two Hmm. okay number three in the heights okay number four peter rabbit to the runaway okay so you're betting that the the rabbit actually holds really well number 5 the conjuring the devil made me do it and the reason i'm doing that is because they are so close yeah like the conjuring made 10.3 and peter rabbit 2 made 10.1 I, and i just feel like i feel like it's going to flop i feel like it'll flip flop and it's okay. going to be close but i think it's i think peter rabbit 2 barely beats the conjuring
1: okay i mean that that is a that is a fair Fair uh, assessment so we'll see I mean listen a lot of big stories next weekend Hitman's wife's bodyguard what is it open to in the heights does it it have a great hold and of course the big story next weekend who gets the dollars when we divvy up the domestic earnings for A Quiet Place Part 2 that is so much to look forward to
0: that's a packed show. That's a packed show, and you know what else is is going to be packed this week? What else? Our Substack. Oh, so it's much already stuff packed coming. with with articles. Mm-hmm. It's going to be packed with new articles. Yep. Now, Pat, you had you had an idea for an article. Are you gonna Are you gonna pull the trigger on that, or what do you think?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think we're going to be going more into depth on the Substack on who to blame, where to place the blame. Where to blame, why to blame, forward happened in the Heights. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll dig deeper into the, into the, uh, 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 the blame game. there. I mean, I think we're going to have some more trailer tracking Got this it. week.
0: Um, what was the trailer that we discussed? Well, you, you were thinking of maybe doing the eyes of Tammy Faye. Yes.
1: Yes. I think, I think that will be up this week. That
0: trailer dropped
1: last week. And you know, that is a most likely a specialty box office indie movie release, but it's a buzzy trailer and I'm going to, I'm going to take a stab at projecting an opening weekend on the indie level for the eyes of Tammy Faye. Based on its new trailer. Of course, that's a movie. Stars Jessica Chastain and Andrew Garfield. So big stars in it, big recognizable actors in it. So I, I think I think that'll be a fun trailer tracking. So that'll be on the Be O Boys Substack this week.
0: Yeah. And 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 more fun surprises. Who knows? Sometimes yes. we just think gotta share this. Gotta share this with the one of BO Boys. Wanna be old girls, wanna be old people. People. And so subscribe to that substack, everyone. Yeah.
1: And it's these aren't tweets. These aren't these aren't disposable pieces of content that you get on social media. These are in depth, well researched, well thought out, primo prime pieces of content on the sub stack. You know, these aren't oh, yeah. just, it's not just pictures of our lunch.
0: No, th- it's, yeah, exactly. And it's not, we're not substacking in anger. No. Right. We're, no. These are measured yep. releases of content. Yep. Yeah.
1: No flame I mean, it, wars, it, no, 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 you know, pylons on the B.O. Boys substack. Just well thought out prime pieces of content.
0: And 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 just just to give you and you know, I'm talking about the movie pass essay, the 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 heartfelt mm-hmm. essay, the most personal thing I've ever written, the movie pass expose slash personal essay that I wrote for Substack, it has receipts. Yes. There's actual emails, there's there's actual financial information on there i mean obviously i blanked out the important parts but i also reached out to sources and Mm -hmm. you'll see at the end of this article i reached out to uh, somebody that was very difficult for me to do it but i had to to complete the article and i think it's better for it so there's there's we're we're putting in the research we're doing the work
1: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm mm-hmm mm-hmm
0: yeah. So everybody, 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 we're taking we're taking it to a different level. We're taking box office reporting to a different level and come there with us. Yes. Meet us there.
1: All right. So that is I think we did it. I think that's it. Well, Pat, where can they email us? Did you already say that? Oh, well, email us, of course, at the Be at gmail.com. Let us know your predictions for the opening weekend of the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. If you have any other theories as to why In the Heights had such a disappointing opening weekend, you could email us that. And, of course, email us your personal stories of what you went through with MoviePass. We could talk about on air. We could also, of course, include you into our multi-billion, multi-trillion dollar Personal injury lawsuit against MoviePass. So email us at the BO Boys podcast at gmail.com. Lots of great emails there. Lots of insiders, outsiders, everyone's coming together to email us. So We're building on something.
0: It. Yep. So I don't think there's anything left to say. No. Except until next time will smell
1: you you at the
0: the box box office. office.